Well, this week we got to spend uh, at camp enjoying ourselves and having fun with a this morning, I want to talk to you about living a joy-filled life. There's a story about how circuses would train their elephants. When the elephants were still little and weak, they would chain the elephant to an to a, a iron stake in the ground that would prevent them from being able to break free and run away. And this would allow the circus trainers to be able to keep these elephants close to themselves while they worked with them and while they trained and prepared them for their routine. What was unexpected, though, was that even after these young elephants grew into these large and powerful animals capable of lifting a uh, half a ton with their trunks, they remained constrained by the same small miniature stake that was in the ground that held them back years earlier when they were small. Even though these elephants were strong enough and large enough to, to be able to yank those stakes out of the ground, they chose not to. And more importantly, they wouldn't even try. They remained limited by the same old boundaries that held them captive years earlier. And they didn't even realize it. And oftentimes we allow our past mistakes or negative thoughts to limit us in the, in the same crippling way. Like these elephants, our, our mistakes that we hold on to hold us back from what God really has for us. You know, we'll focus on that little stake or that mistake in our life from our past and forget that with God's help, we have the power to be able to release from whatever is holding us back. And where is that most powerful stake? It's always found deep inside our, our own thought life. And that quiet but constant conversation that we're always having with ourselves. And sometimes we mentally stay focused on that little stake or that mistake from our past. And, and instead of really enjoying life the way that God intended for us to enjoy it, we seem to just kind of endure life. We seem to just go through the motions of life and we're held back by those thoughts, those images of our past. And we forget that Christ has given us the power to be released from whatever is, being holding, whatever is holding us back. But that release all starts and stops inside our head. And there are many people who go through life with no real sense of joy. And life just seems to become a, a series of obstacles or chores that, that they feel like they just have to go through. There's no happiness in their life. There's no joy. They're like the circus elephants in my illustration. They have the power to free themselves, yet they're still being held back by that same small stake. The dreams of if only fill their minds, if only I found the right job, if only I had the right spouse, If only I had a little bit more money, life would be easier. And many people believe that happiness is based on perfect circumstances. If everything is perfect, then I'm going to be happy. We like to find ourselves in, in good situations and circumstances, but what I want you to understand here this morning is that having joy in our life isn't found in any of our circumstances. We won't be able to find it in anything that we do this, this morning as we continue to look at how we can live a life of greatness that God wants us to live. I want to look at how our pursuit of happiness can be found as we cultivate and grow that joy in our life. And so will you stand with me this morning in honor of reading the word of God. It's found in Philippians 4, verse 8. It says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. 
Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you so much that your word brings life to us. God, it's your word that sets us free. And so God, I pray this morning that if we find ourselves like those elephants in my illustration, being bound by a a stake in the ground, a small stake, God, may we just find your presence this morning and the power of you. And God, may we find that release from those stakes that have been holding us back from living a life of greatness the way that you want us to live. And so God, this morning I pray, may we fix our thoughts on you. And as we do, God, may we experience the joy that you have for us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And you may be seated this morning. So many people in, in our world, they, they, they live for the pursuit of happiness. And when you ask someone what makes them happy, you get different responses, you get different answers. There's books out there that talk about how you can be happy. There's talk shows and hosts that will deal with the subject about how you can be happy. There's magazines that list out steps that will make you happy. There's seven steps to joy, five steps to happiness, three steps to your best life now, right? If, if only it were that simple that all I had to do was read these three simple steps and I would have the best life possible. If only it were that simple, I would read it. My life would be great. It would be the number one seller, right? If only it were that simple. And so I was curious and I googled how to find happiness in my own pursuit of happiness here. I I googled how to find happiness and there was 193 million results that showed up in less than a half a second telling me how I can find happiness. It seems a little confusing that there's 193 different million results how you can find happiness. See, some people think that if they just marry that right person, their life will be wonderful, life will be great, they will be happy, everything will be perfect. If you are married, you understand that's just not true. You love your spouse, but everything just isn't perfect. You have to work hard for it, right? Some people think that if they just find that right career, their life will be happy. I don't think that's true either. You can enjoy your work, but still life may not be happy. Some people think that if they just make enough money that life will be great and they will be happy. The problem is we never have enough money. No matter how much you make, you always want more. Right? But true lasting joy and happiness isn't something that that we can find in a book or something that, that you can buy. It's only found in that real relationship that we have with with Jesus Christ. And so what's the secret to to a joy-filled life? Well, I've got three simple steps for you this morning, right? (laughs) That was a joke. Number one, I'm going to choose to have a joyful perspective. I'm going to choose to have a joyful perspective. I'm going to choose joy over happiness, I'm going to choose joy over happiness because since the beginning of time, man has searched for the secret to happiness and they're still searching. There is no secret. If, it is, if there is one, it's a great secret. It's being held tight lips. And I want you to understand that, that joy and happiness are two different things. They're two different things. Happiness is something that rapidly changes. It rapidly changes. I might wake up in the morning and I'm feeling happy and life is good. However, there's no guarantee that when I go to bed at night that I am still going to be happy because life happens. 
You wake up in the morning and you're happy and you get out of bed and it's dark and you stub your toe. Right? How many know things just happen in life? Right? You get up, your, your car breaks down, you get a flat tire, all of a sudden your air conditioner breaks, it's no longer pumping out cool air and it's 100 degrees in your house. Problems arise. Things happen in life. And by the end of the day, I might, not, I might feel anything but happy, right? I wake up feeling happy, but when I go to bed, I might not be feeling happy. Two weeks ago, I went on vacation, and, and let me tell you, as, as we were leaving the city and driving up to my parents' cottage, I was happy. I was happy. I was stressed packing, but as soon as we finished that, everything changed. And I was happy. We were driving and I was happy. I was excited about the vacation. I was excited about jet skiing. I was excited about pulling our kids and tubing them and, and trying to throw them off the tube. I was excited and happy. And I did throw one of my kids off the tube and I was happy. It was fun and exciting. And they were okay afterwards. It was, right? Everything was wonderful. I was happy. But I got to tell you, at the end of the week, when we packed everything up and we began that same drive back home, I didn't seem to have those same happy feelings. Right? How many of you know you're happy to go on vacation, but when you return from vacation, that same feeling just isn't there, right? See, happiness is a circumstance-related emotion. When things are going well for us, our kids are listening to us. They're obeying every single word that you're, that you're saying. I know I live in a fantasy world. My kids do it, right? right? There's a smile on your face. You're enjoying life. You got a little extra bounce in your step. The birds are chirping. Everything is wonderful. Yet when we find ourselves going through a difficult time, or all of a sudden those angels that once listened to you no longer listen, now they're causing you headaches, right? I think most of us would say that at that moment, we're not happy. When we experience something unpleasant, the result isn't a happy feeling. You generally are not happy unless the circumstances are right. The emotion that I'm feeling at that moment is going to dictate whether I am happy or not. And yet when I choose to have a joy-filled perspective, I live with joy in my life instead of happiness. Then I'm not dependent on those circumstances in order to, for, it to, for joy to maintain in my life. I want to be happy, but I'd rather be joyful. See, joy means to have a strong inner sense of gladness that, that isn't based on circumstances, but it's based on the love, the grace, the blessings, the promise, and the closeness and nearness that we have in our relationship with God as we follow after Christ. When you possess joy in your life, you're not dependent on circumstances. You don't need certain circumstances in order to keep it. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, it says, Always be joyful and never stop praying. Whatever happens, keep thanking God because of Jesus Christ. This is what God wants you to do. See, in all our circumstances, we are to be joyful. When we're facing the tough, difficult, darkest moments in our lives, we're to be joyful. That's what the Bible says, right? And that's a tough order. How can you be joyful when bad things are happening? How can you be joyful when you're hurting? God says always be joyful. When we stop trying on our own and when we begin to allow God to, to come and have his place and intervene in our lives, when we allow God to, to take home in our heart, it's possible. See, our emotions can change in a split second. You purchase a brand new car. You're enjoying that brand new car smell, right? You can even get an air freshener now for 
Older cars that have, so you can have a brand new car smell. You're enjoying that brand new car smell. You're, you're enjoying that brand new car stereo system. You're enjoying that brand new car powerful engine. You're enjoying that brand new rear view mirror until the moment you see lights flashing in it, right? All of a sudden, now you're not so happy. Right? When the officer comes and says, license and registration, that happiness that you once had is no longer there. See, our emotions don't reveal the quality of our life. Instead, they reveal the quality of our thinking at any given moment. And feeling good isn't the byproduct of some right emotion. If you want to be a joyful person, that, that it has to go beyond our feelings. And we can have joy no matter what's going on in our lives because it's an inward peace that, that isn't affected by circumstances. See, joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, as we allow God to, to guide us and grow in our lives, as we allow God more control of our lives, God will grow that fruit in our lives. And we'll experience more joy. See, we can have joy even when circumstances are hard and difficult. When we find God's joy, we don't have to worry that someone's going to take it away. You don't have to worry that a certain situation is going to take it away from you. You can have God's joy all the time. And then second, I said, I'm going to look at life from God's viewpoint. See, whatever I give my attention to will expand my experience. And let me explain to you what I mean by that. Let's say you go to the theater and, and as you're watching, all of a sudden they, they turn on a spotlight on a certain part of, of the floor, right? And someone steps into that particular spotlight. Your attention now, now shifts directly to that light source. Your, your attention now shifts to what is taking place that is shining right there on that, that spotlight. And as you continue to focus your attention right there, you begin to just forget everything else that's taking place outside of that viewpoint. See, like at a circus when a ring announcer is talking or, or a performance is taking place and, and they're shining it on that one ring and you're not paying attention to the other two rings that are taking place where, where they're setting up and, and preparing for the next performance. You're not pay, paying attention to anything else that's taking place except where that spotlight is shining. See, the way you look at a problem is much more important than the problem itself. Your problems are important, but your perspective about the problem can make all the difference in the world. How you view your problems, your understanding of the situation that you're in, the focus that you have on your problem can make all the difference in the world. See, your problems are not as important as your viewpoint of your problems. You know, there's so many times where you're going through a time or, or I go through a time and, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, what in the world is happening here? And because my viewpoint is so narrowed and so, so you know, focused, I don't see what's actually taking place. It's, it's those times where I take a step back and I look at it from a, a different angle. I can see what's taking place. See, your problems are not as important as the viewpoint of your problems. And yet the problem is that many times our focus is on the wrong spotlight. We're looking at it from the wrong viewpoint. See, whatever I think about is going to magnify in my thoughts. This past week, we were at senior high camp, and like I said, we had an incredible time. There was about 500 students from the state of Michigan there, and it was great to see students excited to come to camp and, and just have a ton of fun and, and compete in games and hang out and talk and, and just really experience God during these services. But it was also interesting to see those, those students who were there, but they didn't want to be there. For whatever reason they were there, maybe their parents forced them, 
But they had already come predetermined that they didn't want to be there. They predetermined that they weren't going to have fun. They predetermined that they were going to be miserable the whole time. And so they showed up. And the whole week, they're saying, you know what? Not going to have fun. I'm going to be miserable. No one's going to talk to me. The camp food's going to be lousy. Can't do anything about that one. Right? No one's going to talk to me. And so they put up this guard. They put up this wall. Right? They sit by themselves, arms folded. They complain all week about everything that's going on. And instead of what could have been an incredible week for them, instead of what could have been a week that changed them, they walk away saying, told you so. I told you I was going to be miserable. I told you it wasn't going to be fun. Told you so. Right? Whatever you give your attention to will magnify your thoughts. The more frequently you think about something, the tighter the grip it has on you. The tighter the grip it exerts on you. The the decisions that you make and the actions you take. See, let me reword it a couple different ways. Whatever you focus on, you'll fuel. Or your thoughts will become things. Or your life will always move in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. See, how you view things is how you're being directed. So it's important that instead of always looking from my viewpoint, my limited viewpoint, that that we begin to look at life from God's viewpoint. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be like the people of this world. Instead, change the way you think. Then you will always be able to determine what God really wants what is good, pleasing, and perfect. See, if you want to live a joy-filled life, it's important that you begin to change the way that you think. Change the way you view things. Underline that word change there. Underline it. Changing the way you think changes your perspective. When you begin to change the way you think, you begin to change the way you view things. You change your perspective of things, which in turn will will change the way you now behave and act. And so it's important that we change the way we think so that we can change the way we act. And Paul's saying here that, that you have a choice. That this is your choice You can continue to to behave and and look and view the way that that you have been, or you can change the way you're looking at things right now to a godly perspective, a God viewpoint. For when you begin to look at life from God's perspective, you will begin to see life differently. You'll begin to see things how God sees things. You'll begin to see your life the way that God sees you. See, our life is never going to be completely good, and it's never going to be completely bad, right? There's always going to be moments in our life where bad things happen. Your washer is bound to break down, right? The car is eventually going to break down. You're eventually going to have to replace the roof, of the house. Someone's going to break a bone, right? Bad things just happen. There's always going to be moments where bad things happen. But just like there's moments where bad things happen, there's always going to be moments of greatness in your life. Stories of triumph. There's going to be great moments that will take place. See, we'll always have something to complain about, and you'll always have something some blessings to count. But the choice is yours. You get to choose whether you want to count your blessings or you get to choose whether to complain. But it's important to understand it's your choice. You choose. You can choose to change, to change the way you view things and begin to look at it from God's perspective. See, you get to choose where you mentally focus. You get to choose where you shift 
that spotlight. It doesn't have to be fixed on one negative thing. You get to move it. Let me illustrate this with a, with a story. There's a parable of a, a pear tree. There's once a wise father who had four sons and he wanted them to learn the importance of looking for the positive in every season of their lives. And so he would often say things like, your happiness is all a byproduct of the perspective you choose to fan in your mind. But like most young men and children, they laughed at their dad's simplistic wisdom. Finally, the wise father sent his four sons on a long journey. Each one he sent alone at different times of the year to look at a pear tree that was growing at a great distance away. The first son he sent during the winter time, the second in the spring, the third in the summer, and the youngest went in the fall. And when they had all returned, he, he called the sons together and sat down with them and began to ask them to describe what they had seen. The first son said that the tree was ugly, bent, and twisted. The second son said, no, that's, that's not at all what it was like. He said it was covered with green buds and full of promise. The third son disagreed with both of them. He insisted that the tree was full of blossoms and smelled sweet, that it looked like one of the most graceful trees that he had ever seen. The last son disagreed with all of them. He reported that the tree was ripe and had plenty of fruit and that the tree was full of life and fulfillment. The father then explained to his sons that they were all right because they had each seen only one season in the tree's life. He then wisely told them to never judge their own lives or other people by only one season. That the essence of true happiness in life is when all the seasons are blended together and we focus on the beauty of the fruit. And that's what I want you to understand today. Don't focus in on just one of the seasons that you're in. Step back and look at it from God's perspective. Because when we look at it from God's perspective, we're going to be able to see things differently. Seek God. Find out what he's doing so that you can see the whole picture. See how God is working out the problem that you're going through. Don't allow it to drag you down. Instead, change the way you think and ask God to allow you to see what he sees. And then third is, I'll focus on what is true. When we look at our opening scripture passage from this morning, it said in Philippians 4.8 that to fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. To live a life filled with joy, we, we should be asking ourselves, you know, what is true? What is love? What's excellent? What's honorable in our own lives? You know, these are questions about our life that, that purposely will, will cause us to and f focus our attention on, on the positive aspects of our lives. Because all too often, we, we look at the negative. We look at the negative. I don't like how I look, right? I don't have enough money. Right? We, we look at the negative things. And it's, it's a simple way when we look at these positive aspects of our life to displace the negativity in the short term so that it can help you to take a conscious control of your repeated thoughts. So let me give you some examples of some questions that we should ask ourselves. You know, what are five things that I'm thankful for right now? You know, five things. They can be deep. They can be... Um, simple. You know, I was really thankful for being able to sleep in my own bed, being gone on vacation for a week and then immediately going to camp. I, it was one of those things. I was like, I can't wait to sleep in my bed. You know, I, twin mattresses at camp just aren't that comfortable. You know, what's, what's something that you're thankful for in your life? What are five of my strengths or, or positive traits? You know, and if you don't know what those are, 
Ask somebody. Do a test. There's things out there where you can figure it out. Who are five people who are important to me and have a positive relationship in my life? Who are these individuals that are making an impact in my life? You know, what are they doing in my life? You know, ask yourself those questions. What, what are five things that I'm looking forward to in the next seven days? You know, even really simple things. You know, what are you looking forward to? See, too often we say, you know, I'm dreading this coming up, right? I'm dreading this test. I'm dreading going to see the doctor. I'm dreading the dentist, right? What are some things that you look forward to? You know, I was looking forward to tubing my kids off into the lake, right? I was looking forward to coming home and spending time with my family. I'm looking forward to going to Cedar Point in a week and riding all those roller coasters, especially in the new one. I'm looking forward to eating a healthier diet of food this week. That, that was for you, not me. I was throwing out options for you guys, right? What are you looking forward to? What are five things that I'm proud of in my life? Another great question. Because so many times we sit there and say, oh, I wish I would never have done this in my life. I wish this would have never happened. I wish I'd stopped doing this. What are five things that you are proud of that you've done? Right? Just simple questions that we can ask ourselves. And each of these questions will cause us to stop and think and respond in a positive way. See, imagine that you're at a campfire. It's cooler outside than the 90 degrees that it is right now. And you're sitting at a campfire and all of a sudden a, a spark or an ember just shoots up and it, it lands on your sweater or hoodie. And, and if you're quick enough, you can just brush it away without causing any harm. But if you wait too long, it can burn right through your clothes or worse yet, even possibly catch them on fire. And it's the same way when we allow ourselves to focus on negative thoughts. If we don't quickly brush them aside, they can quickly cause us pain. And as we go about our life, negative thoughts, they're going to come. They're just a part of life, right? But they're going to come. But it's what we do with them that makes the difference. If we allow them to just sit there and have free reign, to just sit there and keep punishing ourselves with them, we're going to be miserable. But it's what we do with them. If we just quickly discard them and say, you know what? That's not how it is. If we remind ourselves to focus on what is true and ask ourselves questions like these, we can train ourselves to be conscious of these thoughts and sweep them away like that spark or ember from a campfire. See, the most important voice you're ever going to hear is the one that runs through your head. And nobody can control that voice except for you. And instead of focusing on what is true, honorable, lovely, we've unconsciously trained ourselves to focus on rats. Really awful thoughts. That's what we focus ourselves, we've trained ourselves to focus on. Let me give you some common, really awful thoughts that if we allow to play over and over in our mind, that they can begin to take away our happiness and joy. These are thoughts that each and every one of us have probably said, that you probably can finish the sentence. Thoughts like, I'm just not happy with my life right now. That's just the way it is. That always happens to me. I just don't have what it takes. That's just my luck. Nothing good ever happens to me, right? Why keep trying? I'm just going to blow it again. Life isn't fair for me. Right? 
And the list could go on and on and on and on of awful thoughts that we've just trained ourselves to think over and over again. And instead of allowing these negative thoughts into our lives and destroy our joy, we need to make sure that we guard our thought life. It's important that we guard it, that we, we take care of ourselves, that we are proactive in doing that, that we're careful what we say, what we do, what we watch. We're careful what we allow in. And it's important that we read the Bible and be filled with what God says about who we are so that when those negative thoughts come, we can stand there and say, that's not true. I know what is true. I know what God says. See, be protective of what you allow into your thought life. As we enjoy the summertime, it's a time that we should be joyful. We should be happy. We should guard our thoughts. We, we need to protect what we allow to wander around in our brains. But I'm not sure if you've noticed, but society tends to slant life negatively most of the time. Society isn't a very cheerful place, is it? Right? We, when we shift our focus to God's viewpoint instead of ours, we'll begin to look at life differently. We won't have that negative scope all the time. We'll begin to see things the way God sees things. We'll look at life differently. You have to mentally choose to think differently, though. It's your choice. You get to choose. Imagine turning on the news and you're waiting to hear what the weather's going to be like for tomorrow. And as you're waiting, the, they come on and the weather reporter begins to share that there's a 70% chance of sunshine tomorrow. Right? That, that never happens. Instead, what we hear is there's a 30% chance of rain. 30% chance of rain. I'm not a mathematician, but I like 70 more than 30, and so I think they should lead with there's a 70% chance of sunshine. Right? That just sounds so much better to me. Or imagine this. You're listening to the news, and this comes on. We'd like to share all the positive things that the President and Congress has done this last week to make our country better. You're already starting to laugh, right? As a matter of fact, we are proclaiming this. We appreciate our government week. And what we want you to do is we want you to email your words of encouragement and appreciation to this email address and we'll send it into your local congressman. Right? I mean, that doesn't happen. That's unthinkable that a news station would do that, let alone you or I actually sending in words of encouragement, right? I mean, people may send something in, but encouragement is probably not the word I would use for it. When we either turn on the news or read it online, it's all negative. All the stories are negative. The story of the young boy who helped find an elderly lady's dog just doesn't make the news. It just doesn't. The rare encouraging stories that pop up get swallowed up by all the horrible, tragic things that take place. See, yet the more negativity we allow into our minds, the more it's going to display in our lives. See, are you happy with your life? See, happiness is an emotion that changes based on circumstances. You can be happy one moment, but then all of a sudden, because something happens, not so happy. Your circumstances change day to day, hour to hour. But God doesn't want us to just be happy. God wants us to live a life full of joy. To live a life full of Him. That isn't based on circumstances. Because in the midst 
of horrible tragedies, in the midst of death, in the midst of being laid off, in the midst of horrible news, in the midst of pain, you can have joy because our joy isn't found in anything else but in God. God is the one that brings joy to our lives. See, in the midst of all those chaotic things that take place in our life, the one constant is God. The one constant thing is that God is always there. God is always with us. And that is how we can have joy in the midst of everything is that we turn to God, we turn to Him, and we allow Him to live through us. We allow His Holy Spirit to minister to us and flow out of us so that we can show that joy. But it requires us to have that joyful perspective, to understand that joy comes from God. And instead of looking at it from one spotlight view, it's to widen that view scope and look at it from God's perspective. To see how God sees it. We may not see what's taking place in the midst of our tragedy, in the midst of our life right now. But when you take a step back and you ask God, for him to show you what's going on, you begin to see the way that he sees things. You begin to see why he's leading you and guiding you. How he's going to take you through this and use this for his glory. You begin to see differently. See, when, in order to live a joyful life, we have to change our perspective. And we have to make sure that we allow what's true in our life to be true in our life. And all the negativity, it's going to be there. But we shut it down and we say, nope, that's not what God says. Though it may come out, though you may hear it, you don't have to believe it. You believe what the Bible says. And you fix your eyes on what is true, honorable, lovely. You listen to God and you believe what he says. Let's pray this morning. God, many, many times people say that they just want to be happy. They want to live a life where they're happy. And God, you created us with emotions. And God, one of those incredible gifts is happiness. To be able to experience happiness in our lives. God, that is a great experience. Yet the problem is that our circumstances are constantly changing. Our happiness comes and goes. And so, God, I ask today that you would help us to choose joy over happiness. God, that we would choose you to live in us. And, God, that when those moments come, God, when those hardships come, when we're being beaten and broken, God, in the midst of tragedy, God, as we hold tight to you, Though we may not be happy, God, we can experience joy because you are with us. Because we can feel your presence with us. Because we know that your word says that you are always with us. And so God, I ask, help us to choose joy over happiness. 
for you desire for us to live a life full of joy. Help us to allow the Holy Spirit to come and grow and nurture that joy into our lives. For when we allow you to live inside of us, when we allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate that that fruit of joy in our lives, God, when we face tough times, when we face difficulties, God, when one of our kids gets hurt or we get laid off at work, God, we can remain joyful because you are with us. You are there for us. In order to have joy in our lives in the midst of chaos, we need to have a relationship with Christ. For it's Christ who gives us joy. It doesn't mean that we stop having problems. It doesn't mean that there won't be issues. It doesn't mean that you're going to be happy all the time. But what it does mean is that you can remain joyful in the midst of all your problems. In the midst of the highs and lows of life. And so this morning, if if you haven't begun a relationship with Christ and you want to cross that line of faith this morning and begin one with Jesus, will you pray this prayer with me this morning? You don't have to pray it out loud, but will you just pray along with me? Jesus, I thank you so much for loving me, for dying on a cross so that I can be forgiven of my sins. And God, I don't understand why you would do it. I do understand you love me. And I understand that I need you in my life this morning. God, I ask this morning for you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sin, all my mistakes, all my failures and come into my life. Help me to be a new person. Help me to make choices. Help me to change my thought life. And help me to live for you each day and experience that everlasting joy that you have to offer. God, may you give me that peace. May you give me that joy, I pray. And I just say thank you, Jesus, this morning for loving me and coming and living in my life today. I pray in Jesus' name. And God, this morning as I continue to pray for those who may be struggling with joy in their lives, I pray, God, that you would help them to focus on what is true in their life. God, that they wouldn't listen to the lies that they've been hearing, but they would listen to what you have to say about them, how you love them, how you care about them, that you have a purpose and a plan for them. And so God, help them to focus on what's true and not a lie. God, help them to change the way that they think, that they no longer will, will look and believe and act the way that they did, but they will begin to change the way they think. And in their changing, their perspective and behavior changes. Help them to guard their thoughts, Lord. And God, that we would begin to look at things from your viewpoint, not our own narrowed scope, not focused in on every little detail but seeing the big picture of what you're doing what you're doing through us not what you're doing to us and so God I pray help us to live a life filled with joy this morning and Father as we continue to pray we, we pray this morning for our family and friends this morning who need a touch in their bodies. God, we think of Mike Geppert's friend, Dave, who 
has been burned over 90% of his body. God, we pray that you would be with this family, that you would be with his wife and children as they worry about what's going on. May your peace be with them. May you touch Dave and bring healing, Lord, as, as he recovers, Lord. And if there's more surgeries required, be with these doctors and help them, we pray. God, we pray for Sandy Swingy, God, that as she had a knee replacement, God, she's in a lot of pain and she's nauseous right now. Lord, we pray that you would touch her right now and that you would take away this pain. And God, that she wouldn't be nauseous any longer. Lord, we pray right now, Lord, help her to recover and help her to feel better. Lord, we pray for those that are struggling with back pain, with shoulder pain, with knee pain, foot pain. God, we've seen miracles take place at camp this past week where someone with a, a hurt foot was able to walk. God, where a fractured elbow, you started to heal. God, as each scan revealed a more and more healing. God, we pray that you would touch your people. Heal them of this back pain. Let them be able to move freely. God, take away migraines and help them, God, we pray, to be able to function without feeling that pain. Lord, we pray right now for those with cancer. Lord, for Kyra's mom, we pray that you would touch her right now. God, for those that are going through cancer right now, for them and their families, that you would encourage them, that God, you would be with them. And God, that you would begin to shrink every cancer cell, every tumor, God, in their body. God, whether it's through the treatments or whether your divine healing, we pray in Jesus' name. God, that they would begin to be healed right now. And God, as they go through treatments, we pray right now that you would touch them and give them strength and energy. Help them right now. God, guard them from any infections and help them to recover, Lord, we pray. And God, for all the other needs right now that are represented here in this room and on our list, God, we, we ask that you would touch these individuals in the way that you know how, in the way that they need. God, minister to them, whether it's a fina financial need, whether it's a physical need or a spiritual need right now, we pray. God, touch your people today and bring healing. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.